What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth into your week. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? Uh, I'm Caleb Pearson, joining me once again with a new flower for us to see, Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I am doing great, and this is a peony. It's That is one that was in my backyard. I have some in the back and the front, and they smell fantastic that really, is very really impressive fragrant. our yes. listeners are going to start to think you're like a botanist or something but i like it <laughs> i like it a lot uh, joining... i have more weeds than flowers but <laughs> flowers are prettier that's good joining us once again the man the myth mark francis mark how you doing what is up absolutely and you know what it's funny you say that so yeah i mean i have a cool background but if you can see this um, behind this desk, the man, the myth, the legend. Wow. There you go. That is where I sit. And that is how I live. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're creeping on your pastor here in this picture. Did you take this picture yourself? I was not bold enough to take this picture. That's... No, I will. I will give credit to Art Cox for hanging behind the oh, stage wow. yeah. and um, catching the moment of FBC doing the Mark Carey wave. And left so to right, right to left, it was it was impressive. Absolutely. So for our for our audio <laughs> listeners, we obviously had an outdoor service, and uh, joining us here on the podcast, senior pastor Mark Carey, and a picture here of him doing the wave. Mark, it looks like you're burning quite the energy to get the crowd going. Well, let me tell you, by the end of the day, I was burning. Terrible. <laughs> and you notice there's that no spit zone there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the buffer zone there. Yeah, people awesome. are going to want that once we get back into the building. I, yeah. I really. <laughs> no, that was awesome. My first thought about the outdoor service was, man, Mark Francis's head is going to get sunburned. Because I, Dude, I, let, me, I, let me tell you, I had SPF twenty when I woke up at five thirty in the morning. Uh-huh. You know, before the sun came up, I was prepared, okay. and then by about eight thirty, I was feeling it already, and yeah. I thankfully had. Um, you know, my stash of being a soccer dad, soccer coach, whatever, in my car, some awesome. uh, more suntan lotion. And I know it It, it took its toll, but yeah, you know, you were, it was a great you were, day. You were glistening, man. The spirit yeah. was glowing. It was awesome. <laughs> you didn't offer me any of it. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, I'm, I'm the guy that goes see a dermatologist twice a year to get some <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I, I didn't you even know, think of it. Nobody now and that's, convicted from that after the sermon. You that's know, food for like, thought. You know, Whoever, everything, every man for himself, right? ever <laughs> offers their pastor's sunscreen. That's something to think yeah. about. Um, I mean, they do deodorant, but not so, no. Well, it's so funny because in the all staff, all staff meeting this morning, they're like, well, you know, huge shout out to Rose and Mike and the team for all the technological feat that this was. But also there was a sound issue right beforehand. And I was like, yeah, my phone was buzzing with people at home saying the audio is not working. That was me. That yeah. was me. Yeah. I'm like, I can't hear you. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, so Alicia, do you know what happened? No, I just know that there was obviously technical difficulty. Yeah, one of the servers started like getting too hot. It was outside and burnt up. And so we had, I don't know if they moved it inside or, or what. Yeah, a lot, of things had, a lot of things happened. And thankfully to the casual congregant members sitting outside, worship happened. It was a great night, a great day. And, you know, there's tons of behind the scenes stuff that were flying around. And uh, right. thank to all those guys because they were, in Mark Carey's office doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally his office is now the the hub 
uh, outdoor <laughs> worship service area. So yeah, for, the, for those that think Mark has a virtual background, he actually doesn't. That's actually the only place he can go <laughs> now is the coast. Uh, but yeah, without the walls of the sanctuary, you get to see everybody serving and moving and, and all the moving pieces of the body. It was really cool to, really cool to see. So. Yeah, and it wasn't just, you know, tech and, and worship team. It was the volunteers at the check-ins. It was the, you know, all the, all the people who are just stepped up to serve. And we made that decision like on a Tuesday night, you know, Wednesday. So, so it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It was four days. Quick turnaround. Well, it was last podcast. You said that you were going to be preaching on the glory of God. And that is going to be now next week, right? I mean, so it was that quick of a turnaround that we right. made the decision not just to go outside, but you changed your sermon. We chose to do communion, and it all happened within a matter of a couple of days. And so, yeah, before we jump into the, the sermon and what we talked about, huge shout out to Phil Cavell, okay? That man, well, his words were incredible, and, and some people were like, oh, I, I wish the wind wasn't bothering his mic. I was like, that is the Holy Spirit boom that we're hearing when that wind hits that mic. Ah, it was well, awesome. it, was, it was Pentecost Sunday, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, Mark said that. <laughs> <laughs> that mighty rushing rushing wind i was like people are going to be driving by thinking oh my goodness the christians are outside here we go but no it was yeah it was a lot of fun um, but it so, was almost 900 people you that's know awesome. i mean yeah yeah trying to do a head count is challenging but the guys did and, and the parking attendants and so many different things that are going on um behind the scenes in front of the scenes there was dozens scores of people and awesome. yeah absolutely Really, really cool. So to that end, uh, Pastor Mark, diving into the sermon, I mean, you talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 11, um, the Lord's Supper, um, but also uh, I, I had a question for you, and that question is basically, how do you navigate the waters of addressing what's happening now in the country during a sermon? Because obviously, Mark had just mentioned, you changed the sermon a little bit. It was like, what are we going to talk about? But also, you know, you mentioned the, the racial injustice and tension happening what what was that process like as far as your planning and what you felt led to? Well, again, it was a God thing because when the, when yep. the worship team, when we decided to have communion it, uh, uh, all together, I mean, that was part of the thing. Hey, we're going to do this thing outside. Hey, wouldn't it be neat to do communion instead of next week, which typically mm -hmm. the first weekend of the month we would do it. We're all going to be together. And wouldn't it be neat our first kind of, uh, Sunday all together, uh, whoever will come. And plus we're doing these little peel off, uh, communion things, you know, and you know, people, you know, spilled it, you know, big deal. If it goes on the grass, it was just the timing of that was great. So then, um, yeah, well, first Corinthians 11 would be a great passage as we're in this series, um, on, uh, you know, the family of God in a fallen world on, on, on the church. Uh, I wanted to uh, look at that Corinthians passage anyway at some point in this series. And um, so that fit. It was Communion Sunday, and that's what this passage is about. But what really is at the heart of this passage, Paul was correcting some things. In verse 22 of 1 Corinthians 11, he says, you know, uh, um, do you despise the church of God? Do you shame those who have nothing? And he's talking about the disparity within the church. Mm. Uh, the rich doing this against the poor. There, there was uh, people were coming to this love feast, the agape meal, and uh, they were just self-centered. They were just thinking of themselves and not thinking of others within the body of Christ. Um, 
sin, the essence of sin is a self-serving, what's best for me mentality. And, um, and, and so within the body of Christ, how do we despise the church? How do we treat it with contempt? Well, when we don't think of others, when we don't defer to others, it's that Philippians 2 passage I referred to, you know, have this attitude that was in Christ. Um, you know, don't, don't, um, don't look out for your own personal interests, but for the interests of others. And so in this fallen world in which we live in, since, since Genesis 3, the, ad, the idea of sinfulness and self-centeredness of, of this hubris, what's best for me, has permeated our world. Everybody's born with that sin. And we're seeing erupt today um, in, in our society. And not that it hasn't erupted before. This is, you know, what we're experiencing today in our society, in our country, has been repeated tens of thousands of times over in human history. Yep. Um, yep. But when we have a self-focused attempt, or a look at ourselves, you're going to have a contempt for others. And that's what was the problem in the Corinthian church. They were despising the church. They weren't judging it properly. And they were coming together in this love feast for their self-interest. And it, it, it made a mockery of the communion service, which was to be Jesus-focused. Um, well, you look at, again, the, the applications, what, what's going on in our world today, and whether it's a, a pandemic and, you know, we don't, we don't want to defer to other people or we don't want to, I, again, our team has, I think, gone to great lengths to, in, our, in our regulations or our rules or of gathering of masks and all that stuff to defer to people to, 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 with a kindness to, to other people. Uh, we want it to be a safe place. But uh, we also live in a world in a society where uh, whether it's racial bigotry, um, economic disparity, um, that is, that is again, a, um, de, uh, decided by what's best for me. Um, it can be a gender disparity. I mean, we, we, we're dealing with a fallen world and none of us are immune to it. None of us are immune to it. So the, it was just a practical application uh, to be able to point to what's going on in our world today and say, look, the only hope, the only hope, you can't, politics is going to solve this. Rioting isn't going to solve the, 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 the problems in our world. Better policing. I mean, I, all this stuff. It is Jesus that is going to, is the only answer. And that's what the church of Jesus Christ has to offer. And if we're not offering Jesus, and if we're not modeling it, um, look, we can't impart what we don't possess. And so the family of God in a fallen world has to uh, be marked by um, an honoring of one another. And it wasn't happening in the Corinthian church. They were despising the church. And uh, the Lord's table should be a place where that doesn't happen. So that's and it's it so awesome. true. It's so true for today, but also any time period of all of humanity that Jesus is the only answer. I mean, any other choice is going to be self-focused and there's going to be death and there's going to be chaos. And it's just Christ and Christ alone is, is going to be the only answer. And I think that's kind of what you also mean when you say, let the church be the church for us to proclaim Christ and be a light into a dark world, because that is the only answer. And without people individually and without the church collectively being that light and displaying who Christ is to the world around us, 
there's going to be fires. There's going to be, we're crashing and burning, you know, and that's, it's so relevant today. It's great to have that message in context of the church as a whole, but then it's really cool to see this passage in a new light for me, you know, of hearing it all over time, month after month, taking communion, but here, (laughs) seeing it in the context of the body of Christ and, and how you can break down those couple key points also that, um, you know, I know we've got family and, and to proclaim and to remember and to and and those five points, four or five points that you highlighted, I think bring out communion in a new light. It's it was really cool. Yeah, I would echo that. And that he, Mark, you Pastor Mark, you honed in on that phrase of let a person examine himself. Uh, and I thought that was so cool. Again, a reminder for me as I read scripture, I'm so quick to think, okay, let me sift through this scripture and find the point. What's the point of all of it? But rather dive in specifically to what the words say, what it means, you know, break down the text. Um, and I started to just think about how often we, well, we don't examine ourselves. We examine other people. I mean, I remember growing up in this church taking communion. I remember when I was no longer downstairs, I was going up to big church with Barry and Suzanne and I'm like, okay, it's communion. <laughs> yes. Grape juice. And, and I would examine other people. I would, I would drink mine right when in remembrance of I drink mine. And then I'd try to hear how many other gulps of other people's grape juice I could hear as a kid. I was just, I was watching the way other people did this communion thing. And you know, my parents and the church had to instill in me, okay, this kid's gulping down grape juice. Why? examine yourself and the the point of the Lord's Supper and what that means. And so it was cool to go through that again. And then also to be outside and do it in a new and different way. I mean, the circumstances were completely different. I've never taken communion like that, but it was all pointing towards the same God, the same God I've always taken it towards, which is really cool. And on top of that, those wafers are so good, man. That thing dissolved right (laughs) on the tongue. I loved it. I vote. I vote more of that. Just dissolve right in your mouth, it was, right? I it was like, I was like, man, this is the Holy Spirit. What is going on? But Alicia, what are some what are some thoughts that the Lord put on your heart regarding last weekend? Well, um, it, it, you know, from wa- watching from home and participating from home, um, it was really neat to see uh, the. The, the energy that was there um, and just to know that there were the, the church family was gathering there and the purpose of communion, the Lord's Supper, that family meal is not only to strengthen our fellowship with Christ, but with one another. And I think that that's really important. And too, like you, the, the self-examining part really um ministered to me and and just thinking through what is happening in our world and you you made the statement mark you know let the church be the church and i'm like what does that look like how can that what does that look like for me in in my little world and so um i just tried to think okay relationally, the people in my world that I need to reach out to. And um, so I, I did, I, there are specific people in my world um, uh, who, who are black that I, I needed to reach out to. And it was um, just a real minister to me, minister to them. And it was just an act of unity. And um, it's, I just, I love diversity. I think that it is so neat when we celebrate 
you know, I'm white, they're black, we've got all the colors, you know, and it's, I think it's just such a beautiful picture, the reflection of our creator. And so um, with that in mind, as Christians, we need to be asking ourselves, what is our identity? Is our identity in our race or sexual orientation or what? Or is, is our identity reflecting our creator and in that we all have common ground as humans we have we all have the same creator um so we're image bearers and that's that's beautiful well and to add on to that i i think our our christian walk is meant to shape the world not the other way around but that's the the loop we can fall into we can fall victim to that um just the other day a a young guy i was talking with was struggling with some things and trying to discern, you know, basically the, what, what am I supposed to do in these certain situations? What would Jesus do? What would God have me do? And one thing I talked to him about was sometimes the most important question is not the mystery of what would Jesus do in your specific situation, but the answer is what, what has Jesus said? Or what has Jesus done? We can look back at this text and find the answer you're looking for. What, what has Jesus said on this matter? How has he addressed it? How can we you know, use the text to grow ourselves forward. Our God is not as mysterious as some people lead him on to be. There's a lot of text here. And and Mark, I like the 27 through 28 flow of, you know, whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. And you used a couple of examples of what an unworthy manner would look like. And it would be you know, things like division, distraction, the discourse, um, the opposite of those things, you know, being unity focus and rejoicing, I think. And so it was cool to see that happen on, on the, you know, the yard there of Fellowship Bible Church, but it, and it Paul's point going what you just said, he does call us to this self-examination. Let a man examine himself. And, and, and why do we need to do that? You go back to that in the context, here was the church gathered in Corinth, and and there was diversity there. There was people of means, more uh, with wealth. There was poor people. Hmm. What what was happening when they gathered? Well, um, w- maybe it was not intended. You know, maybe like attracts like. I like to be around people who are like me, and so. Here were the people that had the little finer clothes or, or the better meals. And, and um, well, they certainly didn't want to make the poor people feel bad. So, so we eat together over here or, or whatever. Or, well, these are my friends. This is my social group. And I haven't seen you all week. So we, we talk over here uh, because we're, we're, you know, we're like-minded and we, our kids play on the same sports teams and, you know, and all this stuff. And then over here are the other people. They, and, and so there's, Maybe it wasn't intentional, but there is built into this flesh of sin a natural propensity to want to be around people that I'm comfortable with and that are like me. Um, and and we, we, we don't walk in other people's shoes. Something was happening in this church where they totally missed the fact that the poor people were going hungry while they were filling up and getting drunk. What, what, what is happening here? And I think we, we have to do that self-examination because uh, when you walk into, and you fellowship in a church and you walk in and you see that, say that single mom with those two kids or three kids walking in, 
do we ever stop and ask ourselves, man, I wonder what, I wonder what it's like to, to, to go home at night and have, after working all day, and have the full responsibility of, of putting those kids food, you know, the meals for the kids and then getting them to bed and having them say their prayers and then getting them up and, and day after day after day, do we, you know, do we put ourselves, I wonder what's it like to be a person of color, uh, to, to be an African-American growing up in, in Winchester, Virginia in the South. Um, I don't know, I grew up in rural Nebraska. I'm a white boy from rural Nebraska. But having talked with friends of mine uh, who grew up black in this area, man, I tell you what, I've gotten my eyes open a little bit. And it's shocking. It's shocking the, the incipient racism that is, is there. I don't experience it. I don't. And, um, uh, but they do. They live with it every day. Um, and so it's, 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 I think the spirit of Christ is going to say, look, how do we, uh, how do we express our unity? How do, how do we get there? And, and it has to be the self-examination. What are the assumptions that I make about other people that I shouldn't be making? And, and do I walk in their shoes? Do I begin to understand? And I never will. I will never be uh, right. a black man. In, a, in, in Winchester, Virginia. I never will be. But how can I enter into, how can I understand? And that brings about a unity and a oneness. And it takes a bit of work. And it's quite frankly, sometimes we don't want to go there. Sure. Well, it's not natural. I mean, it's, it's exactly. not natural. Our human tendency is to think about ourselves first and not be others focused. That's the problem. And, and, or, and, and right. that, is, that is a huge uh, thing to overcome is right. to, to be walking in the spirit and to be exactly. that, um, uh, that, that church that we're called to be and to be Christ-like, which is humble, others-focused. Be others-focused obligatorily or, or ritually, but not sincerely. I mean, the person examine yourself. What, what is the heart posture behind what you are doing and what you are saying? Because like Pastor Mark, what you are just saying about, you know, we all need to come together. The, 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 using the racial tension as an example, it's, it, it, we have to come to the unity and an, an agreement and, and we need to, you know, fight for positive change or whatever, but that can't be, Oh, okay. Now I know everything about your injustice. And I've also found an answer. So you change to meet this answer. That's not going to do it. We, it, it again, that empathy, the, the meet, meet where you're at in your struggle. So we can not fully know what they're going through, but be aware of what they're going through. And that has been the campaign, you know, for a while, for a, 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 a countless things, awareness, a, awareness leads to action. You cannot have action without awareness. So now, so that to me, that's what makes this series so relevant too. of what yeah. is the church and what are we called to do? And somebody in our community group last night shared that it's just, there's so many levels and layers as you, you know, can open up the flower of understanding what it is to be the church. You know, it goes to the individual level and how the, the individual as a sum of all the parts creates the body, like Ephesians 4 is saying, but then it's the corporate gathering together. You know, something about seeing everybody, 900 people out in the field worshiping together, you cannot experience on your own. So there's all these different layers. You know, I, sometimes when I sing from a stage, I, I don't 
I can't look at the audience because I get overwhelmed by the spirit seeing the other people worshiping. Even just this past weekend, I saw a pastor who I know we were singing the words um, when he will return um, and, and he's looking up the sky and just thinking and wow. I could just see his worship happening of just looking to his return. You know, I look out in the audience and I see people who are going through health issues and they're worshiping together. You know, there's, there's a component of so many layers of what the church is and what it's meant to be about that it's way more than bigger, bigger than just us. And so celebrating together like that corporately mm. outside to me was huge because it's just one small component of what we are as the church. Um, and I think as a series develops, we will hopefully have a greater value and appreciation and understanding that it is more than just us. It's others focused. It's the yeah. corporate body together. It's simple church concept. I mean, gone are the, I have heard amidst the halls of FBC, oh, I haven't seen you in weeks and months. Oh, that's right. You're a, you're a 1045 person. I'm a nine o'clock person. I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> but now it's like, oh, did you go? That's what people are saying now. Did you go? Or did, if you didn't, were you online? You know, to, so to have that condensed, it, it, it's almost ironic. The, the, the restrictions have led to unity. The, the, the simple church has now come together because we've had to gather our resources and come in almost a spiritual huddle and say, how are we going to do this thing? God, give us the strength to do this. And it's been awesome to be a part of the church, be a part of staff for, you know, for me personally, and then just see everybody rally behind this. It's almost like, you know, here we go. This is the church. This is the action. Uh, really cool. But well, I was, the, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that kingdom mindedness and function looks very different, quite opposite than the worldly mindedness and function. And in that self-examination aspect of the message, I went to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And, um, you know, that we have the Beatitudes, the, the Blesseds, which, I mean, are the ways that we can be, thrive, that we can flourish. And if you, if you have time, go to Matthew 5 and look at those um, just in your time and in, in the quietness of your, um, of your moment and read through what does that look like and how do my attitudes, what do my attitudes reflect? Are my attitudes reflecting this worldliness that's happening or are my attitudes reflecting the heart of God? And what does that look like for me? And um, let the Holy Spirit minister to you uh, through his word and the power of that. And it, it's, it just, it's so starkly different than uh, what our natural tendencies are. And we frankly need the Holy Spirit to do that. I mean, it's, it's neat that this, for this, uh, you know, this um, ceremony, this gathering was on Pentecost because it's, we need this fresh Holy Spirit filling just to empower us to go out and, um, you know, be the church. And the, my boys and I, we finished this book on uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and there's a quote that he says, and I just, it's really quick. It says, if we want to be Christians, we must have some share in Christ's large heartedness by acting with responsibility and in freedom when the moment of danger comes. Mere waiting and looking, looking on is not Christian behavior. So, we need the Holy Spirit to empower us to go out and be the church, as Mark was saying. Let the church be the church. And we that's a that's a supernatural spirit-infused action. 
Yep. One other uh, caution too is that we have to be careful that we don't play the Holy Spirit for someone else. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we preachers get a pass because that's what we're paid to do, you know, kind of. <laughs> but we have to be careful because what God might be stirring in my heart, uh, he might not be stirring in yours. And that's, again, why we need each other. Because, you know, if I lived in my isolated world, if, if uh, isolation continued for the rest of my life, I'm going to shrivel up. It, 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 you know, it's we need each other. But at the same time, we've got to be careful that we don't judge one another that, well, I've come to this understanding. How come you're not doing that too? Yeah, uh, right. you know, I, I protested at a abortion clinic. A real Christian's going to do that too. Uh, you know, those type. And we have to guard against that. So your points about uh, letting the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us is, is crucial as well. Um, right. Because we all stand before him and we'll give an account. Uh, before him as an individual. Right. That Matthew 5 passage in the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus is emphasizing our poorness of spirit, our humility, uh, you know, all all of that. And it's, that is, um, that is unique in and of itself. And that's how we can be like Jesus and minister to people by uh, bringing ourselves lower and exalting him. Right. Those people that gathered in the Corinthian church and were over here doing their thing while others were over here suffering in their thing, they weren't broken. There's no uh, blessedness of the Beatitudes going on in their heart over here. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they hadn't been broken yet. And, um, and isn't that what the Lord's table ultimately is to do? It reminds yeah. us that we have nothing in and of ourselves that we have nothing to offer, and Jesus did it all. That in his wealth, he became poor so that we in our spiritual poverty might become uh, eternally wealthy in Christ. Um, And that's why we do the Lord's table. That's awesome. Remember. Mark Francis, what can we point people towards before we get out of here? Anything worth mentioning? Yeah, well, we are going to actually repeat the same thing this coming weekend. So for all of you guys Ooh. that are out there and enjoyed the sun, let's do it again. So same time, same place. We're just making the decision one week at a time. And, and if you recall what Phil Cabell said in his little remarks, that's going to be kind of the standard um, as we as we move forward. But plan on that. And obviously Bring go to the website for all the details. What's that? Bring your sunscreen. Bring your sunscreen. It is going to be <laughs> well, maybe Pastor two Mark. degrees warmer. And, uh, you know, I think so for all of you guys that served and volunteered, we still need the same help. We still, you know, are going to have the same service at the same time, not 10 o'clock. And Ashley would be a different, different person preaching, I think. Right. Is yeah. That, are, uh, are you preaching this Sunday or does it start the, no, I I'll be there. This and Sunday. then, uh, then John, that's Morris right. That's right. Don's good. I knew, I knew that. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. So that's, that's, I mean, we're just one, one week at a time. So as we make announcements, that's what it's going to be. And keep the website for all the details. And let's do it again. Yep. Awesome. Next week, are you going to be talking about the glory of God? Yes. Yeah. Great. Sweet. Awesome. Romans 1 said, verse 23, they exchanged the glory of God uh, for the glory of, of man. And uh, we, the church is God's means of recapturing and reigniting and radiating his glory in this world. This world needs a vision of the glory of God. 
and he's a he's called us to do that. So that's what we're going to do. There's the teaser. There's the trailer right there. You got it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.